and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Post Credits Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brian Schoff, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Matt Pepler. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's been one hell of a month for for well for me and you yeah. and just everything. It's been a super fun month. Yeah, no, it probably has. the most fun October I've had in a long time, despite you know the world ending. <laughs> and, yes. You know, uh-huh. but uh, uh, one thing that like uh, we want to uh, kind of bring attention to uh, uh, last weekend or weekend last week we had uh, the horror dads on our our show. And we talked about the thing. Uh, and if you liked that, uh, we were actually, Brian and I were actually guests on their podcast where we covered Halloween 3. Yes, uh, the the often maligned Halloween 3. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's a little unfairly maligned. It, it kind of deserves some things, not to the extent that people hate on it. Uh, but if you like last week's episode, check that out. There's a whole other show there. Horror dads are great. We hope to have them back soon. Um, yeah. Just big fans of their stuff. So check that out at Horror Dads and uh, check out the Halloween 3 episode. For sure. It was a fun episode. Uh, we covered like a lot of ground. So and it was uh, it was also like cool that they took our format um, to do one of their shows because like they're they do like much more variety and like topical and stuff like a, a revolving around horror. But they decided to do like a. Uh, a movie specific episode so that's mm-hmm. why we were talking about halloween three yep but and you know i didn't throw you under the bus at all surprisingly no you know, you, i you could f- have you forgot to <laughs> i, I yeah. think uh i i honestly had stuff lined up to say but it just wasn't fitting into any conversations you know like saying something that i was gonna say is all about timing uh-huh. and i can't just like spew it out there without everyone else being like what the hell are you talking about yeah so well just bad timing. you know you got another chance today um oh do you hate this movie no okay <laughs> what do we all right i don't know what i don't know how i'd throw you under the bus that oh, okay. oh good <laughs> you know? all right so yeah we're talking about trick-or-treat uh rounding out our last episode of our all horror all october is this wonderful gem and legendary studios just did not know what they had uh trick-or-treat was came out in 2007 and directed by uh michael doherty uh and he went on to make uh, krampus and then godzilla king of the monsters which is so fucking badass like it's unbelievable to me like that's what a godzilla movie should meet should be like america took a really long time to get on japanese page like the japanese version of you know godzilla is just like destroying everything yeah and like it took them a minute to finally be like, oh, that's the type of movie we should make with like all the special effects that we have at our yeah, disposal. <laughs> I, I tried watching that. I mean, this isn't a Godzilla podcast, uh, but I, I tried watching that. And I, I I don't know, about got about half an hour in. I fell asleep and then I woke up when everything's getting wrecked. And uh, so I missed the entirety of the plot in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's not an in-depth. Lot. they just get right to the monsters well man. yeah pretty much but the uh the imagery was really cool and even though i always it's like oh i don't know what's happening but you know <laughs> you know i'll just enjoy yeah. this um it's yeah. like yep th- this is why america needs to make godzilla movies because we we yeah. know our cool shit we we know yeah. how to make shit look cool and blow it up and yep. look good doing it right 
so uh, going back to like what I said about this, about Legendary, not knowing what they had, this movie was actually made in 2007 and uh, was pushed back to 2009 for a theatrical release and then shelved only to be put on DVD, Blu-ray, and video on demand later. It never got a theatrical release. What the hell is their problem? I have no idea because mm-hmm. this movie has gone on to be like a staple for a lot of people of what to watch on Halloween. So many people talk about like the John Carpenter Halloween movie and this movie as the one that they're like, yeah, I watch that every October. Like th- these two movies have become a staple of, you know, movie watching in October. Yeah, there is a, a purity to this one that I think a lot of other movies set on Halloween don't have. Because, you know, especially direct-to-video movies. Right. Uh, this was clearly intended to be a theatrical release and just whatever the studio politics were, it never wound up happening. Because you have Brian Cox, Anna Paquin, you know, a, a lot of good talent in here. It's a strong production. They clearly spent a lot of money on it. Um, it, it does not look like a cheap movie that you would just no. birth, birth out to... Uh, to video but but it does have a, a purity to it and and it doesn't feel like it's trying to just cash in on like oh we're gonna make a halloween movie you know like because right. some of these knockoffs are so thinly veiled like there there's one movie um called halloween night which is like a cookie cutter <laughs> ripoff of the original halloween you know okay it's just like I watched a, a anthology last night or the other night, and um, it was all about kind of like this, you know, where it's like, here's our anthology of horror movies, you know, because it's Halloween and everything. But um, on more than one segment, they were actually like YouTube shorts, you know, that I had seen years ago, just put into a movie, which was really odd. So I oh, thought okay. like that was the laziest way of creating a new horror anthology just to buy the rights off the YouTube makers and then put it together with like the whole anthology was like people calling into a radio station to tell about the radio personality about um, uh, like scary things that happened. So like the radio DJ was like the connective tissue in between each segment. Uh, but it was like the, the actor who played the, DJ was like horrible. So just uh I don't it was so unmemorable that I don't even remember the name of the movie. And you just <laughs> and watched it. I know. I swear, man, my brain has this knee-jerk reaction to completely erase, you know, it tries to erase anything that I found boring or I didn't like, like almost immediately. So I only remember like segments, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, that radio DJ was horrible. And Oh, YouTube clips, and that's it, <laughs> you know. So, so since you bring it up, anthology films are traditionally kind of a hard thing to pull off, and and they it are. it occurs to me, <laughs> all the way now that we're all the way at the end, that we did two anthology movies this month. We did one right at the beginning, the Creep Show, yeah, and, and now we're closing it out. We're bringing it out with Trick or Treat. Yes. Just to put you on the spot here, what do you think makes trick-or-treat more successful than other anthologies well it's i feel like it's the world building that they're all connected Mm -hmm. so throughout all of the short they don't and what i mean by that is that a, a, a typical problem is that 
uh, anthologies seem disjointed, like that one segment does not connect or is even involved with the same world uh, as the other segments, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so instead of uh, think, viewing a movie as an experience, you're, you feel like you're watching a playlist, you know? Right. Uh, but in Trick or Treat, it's connected by Sam, you know, short for Sam Hain. Uh, but that's the uh, little small little guy in the, you know, the overalls with the sack on his head. He's in every one of the segments. And on top of that, characters in each segments interact with each other at different parts of their own segments. Yeah. So they're not just confined to one segment. Like you'll see them pop up here or there. And then you and then it makes it the scope of it that much larger. And like the spirit of Halloween is so contained in this town uh, where this movie takes place, you know, because mm -hmm. there's so many things that happen. But to realize that they're all connected and all happening in the same night really just kind of adds like it's that extra thing, that extra connective tissue that these things are all together. You know, yeah, it, it's really kind of a spillover effect because the I, I wouldn't say that the characters are connected, even though they appear in each other's stories. But it's kind of like, you know, they they rub they rub elbows, they kind of brush shoulders, and they're really not right. important to the other character's story. They just kind of walk through the scene in ways that make sense, and you kind of make all these connections and see how. You know, it's all tangentially connect. You know, it's not like a Marvel movie where everything builds off of everything else. And now we're at the Avengers of Halloween films, right. um, <laughs> you know, but it's it's paced so well because of that. And I, I think that allows them to kind of go into one story and out of another, which is a really clever way. And I, I don't think I've ever seen any other anthology movie do that because it lets them maximize the the suspense of one story. You kind of cut out at one part and a little bit of time passes and we follow these guys over here and we come back and it all flows together very organically. So I, I think a part of that is built around uh, the framing device, which is Halloween night itself and just what just shit the people do. Yeah. So there's uh, in this one, there's uh, six segments, you know, there's the opening um, with uh, the the. Uh, husband and wife taking down the Halloween decorations. And then you have the principal, which is like one of my favorite segments, uh, the Halloween bus massacre, mm -hmm. the surprise party. Um, then you have Sam uh, attacking Brian Cox. And then you have the conclusion that uh, the conclusion just kind of, it's not like a story, but it kind of wraps up the connective tissue a little bit more with all the stories, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, like even going back to Creepshow, like that almost feels like it's a, it's a playlist in a way, because the only thing that's connecting is the, um, the creep between each segments. Uh, whereas like the, the interesting thing that Trick or Treat did was its timeline and that like sometimes like the story the segment that you're watching is happening before or after certain other events mm -hmm. uh throughout the movie so you kind of have this like time jump where some stories are happening at the same time or they're happen you thought they were later but they're earlier than the events you know 
So, it, I mean, it was pretty smart in how it all came together and how it was edited. So, yeah. Um, but here's something really cool, and I found that found this out when I was listening to the commentary track. So the the trick or treat opens with a like a um, comic book segment, right? Well, mm-hmm. part of the opening you have like the cold open, which we can get to in a minute. But uh, uh, so there's all these like comic book pages like you're flipping through and it's a close-up of comic books those were actually the storyboards that they used and uh the director wanted them to be super detailed as like a selling pitch uh for the movie so like the whoever was going to be producing the movie uh would have a clear idea of what they were trying to do so like most storyboards are pretty like loose sketches like I think the only other person that I've seen with like highly detailed storyboards was like Ridley Scott for Alien. Well, and that, Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean that all kind of depends on on a case by case basis. Um, yeah, because a, a lot of times that stuff is used in pre production. I'm going through an amazing coffee table book right now, uh, the make the making of Jaws, uh, by Joe Alves, the production designer of that movie, and his his sketches are beautiful. Okay, um, and it, it's it's a good thing that some of that stuff didn't make it into the movie. I, I think I sent you a couple of pictures of some of these charcoal drawings he did. Yeah, and yeah. and you know when the shark just nails that Kintner boy, it, 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 he's like a rocket flying out of the water and like. That, oh, okay. That would have been so horrifying to see that if they'd have brought that on the way that they did, but. Yeah, um, but yeah, it might not have been pretty to see at the time with the technology that they used for Jaws, like a rocket Jaws coming out of the water. Yeah. I could just, I, it would probably have been like claymation. There's, there's your sci-fi channel knockoff, Rocket Jaws. <laughs> okay. um, you know, it, trade it trademarked. Probably, we just did that right now. We came up with that. So if right. that, if that's I mean, I thing. made a, <laughs> I made a joke that like a long time ago that like, um, Jaws was like, uh he need to be, he needed to be exercised you know like it had a demon in him and that's actually a thing like that's a movie like that jaws is like or a great white is possessed by a demon and they have to do it sure. why not why not yeah <laughs> yeah um now what? the director had some background in animation because he did a short film that the character yeah, when Sam he was is in from college yeah like it was um like a three or four minute short movie that he illustrated and animated himself. Uh, but that was the first appearance of Sam. And if you do have, you know, uh, uh, the Scream Factory version, uh, they have included both of his animation shorts that were like the predecessor to Trick or Treat. Yeah. You know, shout out to uh, Jamie's wife from Horror Dance who got him the uh, standard edition, so he won't be able to see that. Oh, well, you know, (laughs) at least he's watching a better quality version than the one that I have because I I had my DVD copy. Oh, wow. I've kind of become a, a, I don't know, like I I just, I really look at the technical specs of movies as I'm watching them and like looking at the bit rate of everything. And they, it's one of those movies where they have the full screen and the widescreen version. You can select between it. And that basically just means that the movie's on there twice. So the bit rate takes a hit. Oh, it it doesn't, it doesn't look bad, but it's like half the bit rate of any good looking DVD. And it's like, oh my God, I I need an upgrade. (laughs) Well, the Shout Factory, uh, Scream Factory, whatever, uh, version is excellent. Uh, it, it looks beautiful. And like, 
you know, uh, the problem with like DVDs is like the blacks not coming through, you know, and this movie, there's a lot of sequences that are dark and it's really awesome to see like all the gray details, like, especially like the pumpkin patches that they, like the kids walk by when they, uh, in the Halloween school bus massacre skit or not skit, uh, but segment, Mm -hmm. um, seeing all the subtle details and like how much the production put into making this look like a Halloween town is just so impressive. It really is like the spirit of Halloween. I I mean, it's like grays and like oranges are the primary colors like throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It looks great. It is. It is. Uh, Each segment though, like the the art direction is great because like each segment has its own visual identity. Um, Yep. But, you know, some have unique colors, like the bus story is swampy down in that quarry. And then they got more yeah. more uh, reds and golds kind of in the other sequences. But the, the color grading really holds it together. For sure. Of the segments, though, Brian, like what are some of your favorites? You know, I mean, there's there's not that many. You know, there's basically four uh, that are like primary segments and then there's the opening and conclusion, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, But which one did you like the best? I, I like uh, the showdown with Sam in in the house. Um, That that's cool. The man, the, the school bus massacre one, like that's, that's a good creepy ghost story. Like it makes you feel bad just because of what's happening and you know like that you realize what's happening and the one kid's home home it's like every time it's like chills you know it's it's not only dark but like the shock value really works there too yeah Um, you know but it's not so man it it's foul what's happening but you yeah it doesn't make you turn on the movie and i think that's just a credit to the storytelling that's that's a real yeah it's a really fine line to be like wow or like yeah to be like right on the edge like mm-hmm. how how could you but uh uh so uh in the school bus massacre that's you know later played by brian cox in the the sam segment where which uh, which you don't know until the end because no, you don't. The, the first time you're watching the movie it, like the, you know this guy's a piece of shit like he's a bad neighbor yeah but yeah you don't feel you kind of feel bad for him because it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't deserve this. And then it's like yeah. you see the photo in the fireplace like, oh, OK, now I, I got you, Sam. Right. Right. Uh, what's really funny is like the production, the people behind like the set production and everything. They were so detailed and they wanted like all this little detail everywhere that um, on top of like putting leaves inside uh, the house at the end, you know, to make it look like he's just not cleaning. They had um, dyed uh, uh, rice, like dried rice, but it was dyed black to look like rat rat shit, and that was like sprinkled everywhere <laughs> throughout the set. Like, oh, well. you, you can see it on like the the uh, window panes, you know, on the floor, <laughs> you know, it's like everywhere, just to add that extra layer of how dirty this old guy is and how much he doesn't care. Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't see that on my copy. So that'll, you know, (laughs) on the next release, it's like, I can finally see the rat shit. Brian show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're Um, you're welcome. Scream factory. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the, the cool thing about, um, uh, Brian Cox's performance is that, uh, he got to the set. Yeah. (laughs) 
What are you doing? Very buddies. Yeah. He got to the set um and he told every or told the um special effects department to make him look like John Carpenter. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. He goes, I just want to look like John Carpenter. So that was their inspiration for making him the way that he looks was John Carpenter. And it's really funny because they like, they give another nod to the thing um, when uh, Sam's arm gets fired off and then it starts crawling back towards Sam. Uh, Mr. Krieg is the character's name, but he's on the floor and he goes, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> it's like a perfect callback to the thing when Palmer says it, you know. Is that an intentional thing? Because I, I, yeah, I feel was. like they could, you know, very easily just have done that. It, just out of natural responding to that. But is that um, commentary or something? Yeah, it was. And that uh, Brian Cox wanted to get the cadence of how Palmer said it as well. So he was like listening to how Palmer said it and was mimicking like the cadence of the delivery, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was intentional, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that sequence. And it's just like so maniacal. Um, you know, like Sam is in the house, the dog is killed which you kind of don't think about because they never show the dog. It's just more of implied, you know, like you hear them yelp. And apparently there is a cut where you see like the remains of the dog. Yeah. And um, that was taken out of the movie because like uh, the studio executives came in and they're like, you're going to really make a lot of dog lovers upset, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I agree with that. I think they did that with uh, Friday the 13th part two as well. Cause in the deleted scenes for that, what, uh, what is it? Muffin, the dog in that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been able to refresh my memory. I, all right. All right. Let's not <laughs> rehash this again. Listen to the Halloween three episode for all of Manson Venom about this subject. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, cause there, there was a cut where it was like really horrifying. This dog just smashed. And then, um, yeah, they cut that out and it shows up at the end. So, yeah. One other thing that I found out about this, um, well, I guess the whole movie, right, um, is that like none of the candy is real um, because uh, uh, none of the candy makers like Hershey's, Reese's, Snickers wanted their candy anywhere near this movie, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like full of razor blades and cyanide. <laughs> and they're like, we can't have it. So all the candy in the movie has like fake labels and stuff that the um, graphic designers behind this movie made. Yeah. And um, what's another interesting thing, and I didn't realize it uh, until today, was that um, in this end, the end of it, uh, Brian Cox, Mr. Creed, gets stabbed in the leg by Sam, right? And then like a, a couple of minutes later, you see him like unwrapping the rest of the um, candy bar. And there's like a razor blade in it. And that was a candy bar that was taken from the principal's house that Sam was at before. Uh, that wasn't like something Sam made. And I didn't put that together until recently. Okay. Wow. That's, that's so, a well spotted. Um, yeah. Now, so let's go back to the beginning of the movie a bit and talk about that scene. So principal Wilkins. Yes. There's a, a kid going down the street Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> you remember his name? The kid? 
The bully, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's clearly uh, no. the, the class trash bag, and he's yes. you know going down the street, breaking everyone's jack-o'-lanterns, you know, just, you know, t- typical jerk kid stuff. Yeah. And the uh, principal kind of lures him up to the porch and gives him some candy and uh, t- turns out he poisons him. Yes. And and he's been poisoning kids over the course of the night and burying him in the backyard. <laughs> I selectively, I, I you know, I, I don't want to say I hope, <laughs> <that> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I guess he's trying to be like a Halloween punisher and uh, just right. kind, of, kind of taking his rage out outside of the school setting on these kids that um, he deems aren't going to grow up to be worth anything. Right. Now, let's just clear one thing out of the way here. Yeah, kids getting poisoned by candy. Yes. That has never happened. No. No, it's... it's and a, I don't it, think the razor blades and the apples have happened either. Um, you know? I'm not sure about I, that one, but the, the only cases of that happening are parents trying to poison their kids and make it look like someone did it because it's such right. an urban myth. Which is so much more fucked up and more sinister than... You know, because I I feel like this was a myth that kind of came about because of that whole um, Tylenol killer situation. I don't even know that. I don't I don't know what that is. Oh wow! Um, so the enlighten ty- me. The Tylenol killer. Uh, I I don't have all the facts in front of me. So, I, but I, I want to say it was in the Chicago area. The Tylenol killer was kind of a famous serial killer. They never caught him. It was someone who was putting poison into bottles of Tylenol just kind of in random stores and because of that it caused such a level of mass hysteria that now we have anti-tamper on everything and quality seals on everything and okay and that's actually where they got because you know how in Batman 89 the Joker is poisoning cosmetic products yes yeah that's where they got that from Holy shit. So there's a very That's terrifying, a very scary, very real life connection there in in media and public relations. Tylenol did such a good job dealing with that, that they actually teach that as like how to uh, deal with a disastrous situation in terms of public relations, because they took all the stuff off the shelves and bought it all back, knowing it was a huge loss. Like they didn't do the typical company crap of. You know, well, we'll inspect, we'll take back what we suspect right. is bad. Right. You know, they, they just really did the, like a hard reset to get the public's faith back on their side. So, wow. um, that's terrible. That's so scary. You pe- know, people are the like, fucking worst, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they really are. Like, you just like, you expect like, you know, uh, things just to be safe, but you know, there's crazy people out there. But on know? the bright side, no one has ever poisoned Halloween candy. <laughs> that's right. It Except- might taste like poison. You know those damn, like, I think they're called, like, circus peanuts. And it's, like, that, like, foamy pink peanut. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, love That's, em. like, the worst. Love them. I hate, you love them? <laughs> I Yeah, a couple. I, I like a couple. I don't want to eat a whole bag of them. What? But, but candy corn, I, I like those. I like candy corn a lot um, as well. And I, the pumpkins are good, too. Mary Jane's I do not like. Oh, those are, those are awful. But then there's the ones that look like taffy in like the brown and orange wrapper, right? Mm-hmm. Like those. What the hell are those? Yeah, I, and like and, you, you made a really funny joke. 
that it was like like some company made one batch of that in like the 80s and that's what they've been selling ever since because they're only in like the variety pack of yeah. candy that you can get yeah. so it's just been the same amount of taffy that they're still circulating out there just because they can't get rid of it because they are rock hard and and like, year to year people just re-gift them <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. oh they're they're the worst so wilkins poisons this kid who uh, you know we can't remember his name so maybe uh Wil- wilkins has a point and he would have grown up to be <laughs> worth nothing um not that it makes it right but i i can't stand the puking like i, I oh man i have to look away like it, it's it's pretty brutal pretty much I mean, anytime people start puking in movies like it, it always turns into a gross out thing and yeah yeah i i can't do it and like this puke is slimy and everything and it's just mm-hmm. yeah should i go I, I can talk about it more no let me talk about it more no that's fine okay. just just so, advancing the plot here yeah, yeah yeah so it was apparently cyanide that did that to him did the thing uh that was in the candy bar it was cyanide and i don't know much about cyanide other than it kills people and maybe it has a other side effect you know that's kind of gross so here, here's the thing, and apparently, like, I was kind of dense the first couple times that I saw this segment, because so he kills that kid, and then he goes and he's burying a body in his yard, right? And that's mm-hmm. when you get the, Wilkins, you burying dead bodies, <laughs> you know, yeah. from Brian Cox's Mr. Creek. No, you know, dead whore out here. Right, and, and in that conversation, you know, he's killing the kid with a shovel. Like, the kid's trying to get up, and... Here's what I didn't realize. He killed two people, right? Yeah. Because there's the kid struggling down in the basement. And then we find, you know, the other the other kid, you know, we find his head later. You know? Yeah. So yeah, he's, I, he was bent on a killing spree this Halloween season. Yeah, I, so. I think they want you to think that because I, I noticed okay. that too. You see, he's got like a clown costume. He's reaching out. So I guess I had a little fewer brain cells when I saw this the first time because I just assumed it was the same kid. But, you know, that's well, not possible. It's not it's really possible. A good bit of misdirection there because then as after he's kind of out of the woods with uh, Brian Cox, upstairs, you know, his own son comes home and he's kind of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy's the worst. Yeah. But you know, they it, set it, is it up. Funny, though. They do set yeah. it up to make you think like he might kill that kid too. Yeah. Only to yeah. find out that it's like you a know father son psychopath. Yeah. You know? Like it's almost this Dexter kind of situation. Yeah. As long as you help with the eyes, you know. Right, and it turns like, out, oh, man, that the bully is the jack o' lantern that they're carving down in the basement. Yeah. But they do do they do do, they make some cuts uh, to make it look like uh, Prince the principal is going to kill his own son, and then he and he even does stab something. But then the camera goes to the opposite angle, and he had stabbed the bully in the head. Well, and the decapitated bully in the head. So it's not like like he's dead. Yeah, you know, he's not like this is not the fatal wound. He's not know? he's not coming alive down in that hole. Even no, if the cyanide no. didn't get him. Right. 
And here's one of the parts that I thought was like really smart about how they connected to the next segment because he's talking the you know the son's talking about is like well I want to go to the parade with you and he's like no and then you see him at the parade, but the first time you, you don't realize that it's the same person until the 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 werewolf sequence you know because you you see a guy in a cloak with fangs mm-hmm. right so you're not you're not quite yet putting two and two together that it's the principal dressed up in the parade you know well and you kind of feel like his night is over and done with yeah because they're shutting the lights off they're you know he's putting the kid to bed he he's probably got to work in the morning yeah right Uh, right but yeah i love the those little things that's the connective tissue between them all you know and then what's that i I was just gonna say i i didn't like that he turned out to be that character like I, i got no problem with the vampire being fake because I think that's a nice little misdirection because when the girl and the others in the school bus segment says that, that she hears werewolves and then we see a vampire, you know, you kind of think anything's possible. And it turns out that, you know, Rogue is, is the, uh, <laughs> the werewolf <laughs> and the vampire is phony, you know, so that was a good right. misdirection, but yeah, I just, I don't know, something about that, I, I didn't care for that, because to me, it kind of switched up who his character was midstream. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I liked it that, like, this serial killer got his comeuppance, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did like that. Yeah. And I, it, it was enough misdirection to me to not realize it was the same person until his mask gets torn off later in the movie you know and so it was kind of like this oh holy shit moment you know which i thought was a nice experience to have um so i didn't mind it at all um but um the the next up next up is the school bus massacre and we we talked about this before where it's like walks the fine line of like being too depressing you know uh and but it sets up like who brian cox is at the end and then this trick that these uh, kids are trying to play on this Rhonda girl who's kind of, I guess, like autistic, like, or, or no, they say she's an idiot savant. So I, I don't know what that is necessarily. A smart person who can't communicate well is what it is in the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sequence, when they get down into, uh, they go down the like coal chamber or whatever, or, or uh, down the rock quarry in this elevator like once they get down there i thought it was so cool how it's like they they set up like the terror by the pumpkins getting blown out as like two of them are coming down the elevator i thought that was so cool you know because it's just fog and darkness the only thing illuminating is the jack-o'-lanterns the other people the three of the kids that aren't in the elevator uh they're screaming and it's just one by one they're you know, uh, the jagalanons are being blown out. You know, yeah. You think that the the that the story is real, that yeah, the ghost children are coming back from the quarry and taking their revenge on people that go down there. It, you know, it's I, that's a pretty good prank that they're pulling. I, honestly, yeah. like just from an engineering and logistics standpoint, like I I would like to know what what their beef with Rhonda was to take it to this extreme, because of course they take it way too far 
and she gets yeah. hurt and she's scared for real. You know, it's yep. not just like a ha ha kind of thing. Like they take it way the hell too far. And yeah, it's, it's not cool anymore. And, it, you know, it's nice to see a couple of the kids have crisis of conscience a little bit. But um, it's what's really interesting about this story is like you're saying, like, you know, these kids took it too far. But then Rhonda takes it even further. <laughs> like she's like because the the kids from the bus get resurrected and now they're actually killing the kids and she can save them, but decides not to see. I always gave her credit of not knowing that that wasn't part of the prank still going on. See, I thought that she knew because of how in touch she was with like the Halloween spirit and Sam Hain and she goes the into pumpkins. Yeah. And she goes into explanations of things like on the walk to the uh, rock quarry. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like it was intentional because she knew like she knew that there were like evil spirits out there where these kids didn't because they were just pulling a silly prank, mm-hmm. you know? And she talks about the werewolves too. And you know, like how they were howling and stuff. So I felt like she kind of knew uh, that it, or knew that it was a possibility that there could be, you know, evil down in the rock quarry, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it could go either way. Um, I, I, I like to see the, the good side of things in, in that. So, uh, I, I still like to think that she just thought it, they were still taking it too far and they had blown all their trust because it's the kid that cried wolf, you know? Right. Um, right. But at the same time, uh, yeah, you, you know, you deserve it. <laughs> Fuckers. <Yeah. laughs> like, so the, the, uh, the one guy didn't, though. Like you, uh, you the could, pirate? Yeah, uh, the pirate kind of didn't. Um, but then there, there was the other guy who they got to like, you know, because oh, yeah. she only went because she thought he liked him here. He, yes. he liked her, you know. Yes. Um, yep. He kind of didn't deserve it because he was one of the nicer ones. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know. He played a pretty foul hand in the whole thing, too. So. Right. So now we're uh, condoning the well, murder of children again. Yeah. You know, it's it right. always comes back to this. <laughs> right. Uh, Michael Doherty uh, said in the commentary track that uh, this this segment was inspired by the Goonies, but if they all died and got what they deserved. <laughs> oh, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and funny enough, um, the kids that were, were killed, you know, for pulling the trick on Rhonda were actually supposed to come back uh, at the end, the conclusion where uh, Mr. Krieg is seeing like Sam and all the other people still alive before like everything bad happened. They were supposed to come back as zombies, uh, but this was ultimately cut because of studio executive meddling, which Why? Um, I Why? Re- I don't know. I really hope that somewhere there lies the footage and maybe someday we'll get a director's cut of Trick or Treat, you know. Oh, so they shot it. That's just not in yeah, the movie. Yeah, they shot it. It's because... not in the movie, though. Because they show up and get candy from them. Because that, that's kind of back to what you are talking about earlier with playing with the timeline. Yeah. Because after that segment, they show up and they get candy from them. And then the ghost children come up. Because well, Sam's no, no, no. right okay. after them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, right at the end. No, I, I, get, after, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the movie, yeah. the way that it is. Right. So, yeah, he would have seen them walking across the street. Uh, after Sam leaves, he would have seen the children as zombies from 
the the quarry, like walking across the street, like yeah. stumbling across the street, which I thought would have been nice. And it's not even something that's like would be, you know, that long. It'd be like a couple of seconds. And for some reason, it was just cut out of the movie. That's unfortunate. You, you've you know? reached your Damn. quotient of child murdering. <laughs> yeah, no more. <laughs> You're lucky you we've know. gotten this far, Doherty. <laughs> but here's the thing that's also kind of makes it a little bit more infuriating is that they uh, the studio was meddling in certain parts of this movie to make it more pal- palatable to get like a wide uh, film or wide theater distribution but then it never made it to the theaters anyways, you know? Yeah, so couldn't, couldn't get it down to that PG 13 point. I know it's like, I don't know how you could make this movie PG 13 on any level. It's not even that it's grotesque. It's just that there's a lot of murdering and death in it. You know, mm-hmm. I think the most grotesque is the next segment with the surprise party the transformation oh yeah that happens you know yeah, it gives wow. a whole whole different meaning to girls taking their clothes off yeah that's not a surprise party that I'd ever want to be at holy shit yeah uh, i think this is probably the most inventive way to show um a werewolf transformation since american werewolf in london it's just i didn't see i mean you, you know with like certain things that's happening like how this story like moves forward that it's like oh they're werewolves but then how the transformation happens i was like uh, what <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like it's it's so crazy that they either have zippers of flesh on right or it's like they're taking a blade down the back and literally peeling their layer of skin off to reveal like that they're like got they have werewolf fur underneath it Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's terrifying. So, so do you think that that skin molts off and they turn back into humans? You know, I thought about that too, because that's like, well, how now? You know, how now do they go back to the normal? And I guess so. I, you know, so it's like maybe they have to cut their werewolf fur off. You know, can you imagine just like going to like, it's like November 1st, right? Yeah. You know, and you're just like walking through the woods. And you're like, what the hell is this shit? And yeah, it's well, just like skin segments and fur segments everywhere. Hey, you know, that that's leprosy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I thought it was really cool. And I also liked the, I thought it was a perfect use of Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson uh, for that segment because that was playing in the background. I thought that was like a really good use of that song. I think it really nails down like the creepiness of uh, what's happening, you know, and the terror, you know, because you have like the principal uh, and he's like paralyzed or something. He can't move because he was like thrown through a tree by like Anna Paquin. And so he can only turn his head and then he turns his head one way and he realizes that there's just like dead men everywhere. And then he starts screaming because he knows what's going to happen to him, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, which, you know, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, what a way to go. <laughs> right. Right. And then we, uh, you know. Do you think it's a little strange that they have a Halloween parade on Halloween night? Man, uh, no. And uh, I really wish that there were parades like this everywhere. Like this parade that they show right in the beginning of this movie looks amazing you know, uh, in the downtown and they've got all these like, you know, Edison light bulbs 
hanging everywhere mm-hmm. and people on like a drum cadence and people on stilts and stuff like that. And it looks so cool. Yeah, it's very like Day of the Dead Mexican inspired. Yeah, and it's it's nothing. I, I don't have anything against the parade itself. It's just from a like municipal planning standpoint. It, it seems like a bad idea because they'd have a low turnout because it's Halloween night. People want to, you know, be doing their own stuff. You're obstructing traffic so people you know have a harder time getting across town right uh it's just it strikes me as odd i I, i'm legitimately curious if any cities have halloween parades on halloween night um the place that they shot does like it was inspired by two things like because this was shot up in vancouver and apparently they have a similar halloween parade that happens there and then apparently there's a Halloween parade in New York City. Uh, and so the director uh, was inspired to make this, his parade in this movie, similar to both of those. And so, it's on the actual day? I don't know. He didn't say that other than it's that it was inspired by those things. Because, you, know, so. you know, I wish they did that by me because I'd show up with, you know, pumpkin spice beer or hard cider or oh, something you know, it, it'd be cool it, I'd, I'd love to see something like that i mean it, like a parade just seems like it's like like or a festival something like that seems like for adults you know i feel like a lot of spirit of halloween stuff you know gets lost as you become an adult because it's like trick-or-treating i mean you can't be an adult and go trick-or-treating i mean it's just like you'd be labeled as a creep in your well, community yeah. and you, just you know take, like, take why your you hanging kids. out with these kids yeah you, <laughs> you know you take your tra- kids trick-or-treating but yeah yeah it's yeah i wish there was something like that for like adults you know get dressed up go downtown you know have some fun whatever so do you have um, any halloween traditions i mean we carve pumpkins and stuff and you know movies and uh, that sort of stuff but not like a party or anything no how about you yeah uh there's usually at least one halloween party i get invited to um Halloween night itself I, I I don't know I for a couple of years of running I usually wind up terrorizing the lawn at uh at, at my buddy's house okay scaring kids and shit with your like makeup effects <laughs> yeah that's actually how I wound up building the mystery science theater robots I have is because uh my, my buddy Mark and I it's his house we'd set up kind of a little scare factory up uh okay. you know we, we were shooting a easy money and uh you're like oh you know what are we going to do for halloween this year it's like well we could build the mystery science theater robots and heckle the children and you know right having no intention of doing that but it's like you know we all had a good laugh it's like yeah that sounds fun so yeah we spent about two years junk collecting and uh built those so that was a fun project but um now recently i've been taking my niece and nephew trick-or-treating with uh my, my brother and his wife and you know that's been fun um the rare times that I have been home, I I used to try to watch Halloween every Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of <clears throat> fell by the wayside just because of, you know, being out too late at a party or, you know. And nieces and yeah. you know, nephews. Yeah. You know, like, it's not always appropriate. Like, uh, you know, as like, uh, you know, my oldest niece, she's getting older and she's more getting into slightly more adult stuff. Like she loves Ghostbusters now. She saw that and was like, I love it. You know, so she's getting kind of around the age where she can start to experience more adult movies, you know, and not mm-hmm. be like 
I'm having night terrors, <laughs> you know? right? You know, uh, but you know, you, you still got to be careful of the younger ones because they're just they don't know any better yet. You know, like the my youngest niece, she's four. We're not gonna put Halloween on for her, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, some of that stuff gets like put on hold around families until they're just a little bit older. Yeah, you know? yeah. But if I'm home, like passing out candy, which has only happened like I don't know twice over the last fifteen years. Um, I tried it as an experiment one year and I, and if you're home on Halloween night, passing out candy, uh, I recommend you guys out there try this too. I know Halloween so well that if I put on the soundtrack, cause that movie is pretty much wall to wall music. Mm-hmm. I can hear the music and hear the dialogue in my head. Right. Oh, wow. Like I, yeah. I, I can hear the speech about the, the, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes and all that. So I did an experiment one year. I put on the soundtrack. It was about, I looked up what time the sun went down and it was about 20 minutes before sundown. So I put on the Halloween soundtrack and I, I got the jack-o'-lanterns flickering and, and the music's playing and the the lights are naturally going down. I'm not turning on any of the living room lights or anything like that. And I just see the flicker of the jack-o'-lanterns and you hear the neighborhood start to come to life. It's really cool because it's almost like from an atmosphere standpoint, the movie of Halloween is playing out in real time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and by the time it's over, like trick or treating is kind of dying down and, you know, it's about eight o'clock at night and like, oh, okay, this is about the point where Halloween two starts. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that's kind of neat. Um, I, I recommend trying that. It's kind of cool. Um, man, one of my favorite smells is like the, the smell of like a candle and a jack-o'-lantern like burning the pumpkin man i love that smell uh it just i don't know it's like nostalgic it's not like it, it's definitely not a smell i'd want in a candle <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i don't know there's something about it it's like i don't know it feels almost like a blanket you know it's just uh i love that that's i mean we probably will not get any trick-or-treaters this year just because of covid you know um actually we won't like they canceled halloween here um but i still am gonna carve pumpkins man and like put them out yeah you can do some fun things with spray paint i've done that a couple times spray paint like what do you mean on the pumpkin oh yeah what do you do um you it's just you can do all kinds of things that you can't carve into them like 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 i i painted one white and then drew spider webs on it and glued spiders to it Oh, that's cool. Um, there, there is a pretty, <laughs> a pretty funny one I saw where uh, I, I know you, you watch Rick and Morty, where someone did like a whole bunch of them and painted them blue with all the different Meeseeks expressions on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, I'll have to see if I can find the picture and send it to you. But um, uh, one more thing that I wanted to bring up that you know we've talked about like the connective tissue between this movie. Uh, so Mrs. Henderson, she's the the drunk like sexual uh, uh costume person she's in a cat and she answers the door when the kids are gonna play the trick on uh Rhonda there mm-hmm. uh she's a werewolf and she's in the scene where they're taking off their human skin uh but she's in the background i thought that was like a nice touch as well more reasons uh, i need the blu-ray yeah um so that was pretty cool just like more of that like kind of like um uh, bringing it all together and then uh uh the director um said that like most um 
most of the jack-o'-lanterns uh in the movie were made out of foam or ceramic and that the, uh, no pumpkins were harmed <laughs> during the creating of this movie hey that's smart because they <laughs> rot uh, you know i i was working on a, a buddy's film and he wanted uh it was set at halloween time it didn't really have anything to do with Halloween other than he just wanted an excuse to have a bunch of like animatronic stuff, like decorations around. And, uh, he, he he carved a jack-o'-lantern for the movie. We didn't get the movie done before Halloween and he didn't wind up finishing it until like the following April. Okay. So he had this (laughs) jack-o'-lantern in his fridge for like five months. (laughs) Did it hold? Like, Just barely. Yeah. Okay. I, oh I, I hope you put some Krylon crystal clear on that thing or something, but. Right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like, you can put bleach on the skin of the pumpkin and it will stop the aging as well. I didn't know that. Oh, that I, doesn't, yeah. that, that, that feels like that's a, a Facebook life hack, uh-huh. which is probably just not true at all. You know? Sure. Like. You watch one life hack thing and then you've, you see them all on Facebook and some of the things I've seen, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? So it, it actually melts the pumpkin. <laughs> right. It might Turns stop it the white. squirrels from eating it because you know, well, they, they smell the uh, toxic. I saw a comment that said just that, like, please don't do this. Like squirrels eat the pumpkins and then you're going to like poison them with bleach. Uh, I mean, well. but you know, like that could help the squirrels not get COVID. Right. Like bleach the skin, bleach your intestines. That could work. Right. The statements of Matt Pepler are his own and are not induced by post-credits podcasts or its subsidiaries. I mean, but they are like endorsed by our government. That's all that I'm saying. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. I just got to believe what they say. Right. Okay. (laughs) So final thoughts on trick or treat. It's great. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm I love it so much that it makes me annoyed that it didn't get a theatrical release. You know, I think this is such a well put together movie. It deserved to be released. I don't know why they didn't do it. And it's a shame, you know, because I feel like, uh, you know, like good for Michael Doherty to be able to like move on uh, and be able to make other great movies, you know, but I feel like he would have been in a better position to make more of his style of movies had this had gotten a theatrical release, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a damn shame. I mean, the other movies he did do are great as well. Grampus is great. King of the monsters is great, you know? So yeah, that's off to him, but yeah, yeah I just, maybe, maybe, it, maybe we'll get shame. to uh Krampus for Christmas time. That, that'd be yeah, fun I to do. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a movie that, um, I would I could easily recommend to people because it's you know there's scary moments but there's also like a bunch of dark humor in there so it's pretty funny if you have that style of sense of humor. Um, there's a lot to like about it and even like the aesthetic quality of this movie it's just great to look at you know I can I can um, taste the Halloween candy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just yeah. When, when I watch it it just instantly it's like yep yeah, it's October feels like fall you know yeah. Um, I, I always like to watch Halloween movies into November because it, it just helps me psychologically kind of deal with the fact that Christmas starts in August. And I feel like it's I feel like I do the same thing to push away Christmas mm-hmm. a little bit further. You know, and hey, look, it's good to love Christmas, but 
Oh Do yeah. You have to celebrate it for six months. Yeah. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm not a bah humbugger, but you know, they started so early that Santa Claus could come to your house dressed as Dracula. It, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, just um, give us six weeks of Halloween. I don't think that's yeah. too much to ask. You know, not at all. Just, you know, give the other people that are like a little less into Christmas, but love Halloween. Just give us a little bit more space. You know, yeah. how about this? Like, wait till the middle of November to then put out, you know, the Christmas stuff. That's all we're asking. October 1st to mid-November, just like, and it's not even that you have to have Halloween decorations up. It's just to not have Christmas decorations up. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it. Just be thankful you're not a fan of Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. You, you'd be screwed. Thanks, th- yeah, Thanksgiving lovers, they don't get any, any love. They're Nothing. like, no, we don't, no. You guys don't even get your own decorations because you get, we get the Halloween decorations and then like the early fall decorations, right? So it's like leaves and shit. They kind of still look like Halloween. What do, what do Thanksgiving people get? They get like to cook food for, you know, uh, people, yeah. family members. And a lot, of the, a lot of the harvest stuff arguments. carries over. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, you know, white, red, and Christmas lights for, you know, until uh, spring. <laughs> yeah, because then people are too late. It's too cold outside. People get lazy. They don't take them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, this, there's this one house in my neighborhood that has Christmas lights on. 365, man. Like, oh, God. Luckily, they're not like the colored ones. They're just like white lights. Mm-hmm. But still, they're on the trees. They never take them down. They're those types of people, you know. So every, every neighborhood's got at least one. <sighs> they should all have their neighborhood together. You know what I mean? Let's just get them, brought, uh, like, all together and be like, "This is your safe space now. You can celebrate Christmas all year and not bother anyone else." It just moved to Bronner's. Oh man. You know, like my parents used to take me to that place. It's a store here in Michigan that sells Christmas ornaments year round. It's a huge store. And they just, but like, that was always a thing, like Frankenmuth and Bronner's. And I kind of don't like either of them, I think, because of getting dragged there like every year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just one of those things where as a kid, you don't want to do it so much. So then you're like, when I'm an adult, I'm not going to do this. So you become an adult and you're like, I succeeded because I'm not doing that thing anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Well, enough but, Christmas talk. Uh, Halloween's not yeah. over yet. No, it's not. But man, what an October, dude. Like this has been the most fun October I've had in a long time. Like, how about you? I hope you've enjoyed October. Yeah, it, it went fast. You know, when when you said we were going to be doing there we you know kind of hatched the scheme to do horror movies all october it's kind of like oh man you know it's going to be a real marathon but no blew right by yep and did an extra episode if you want to call it that a guest appearance on the horror dads with them um yep so yeah no i i could do a couple more weeks of this yeah i mean we could we could extend it no nah <laughs> <laughs> nah no, we got, we got like, other stuff coming up in november yeah but between uh like the podcasting being a guest yeah and then like i mean i put out a lot of artwork like specifically inspired for halloween you know just like i think i just went crazy well what what was nuts is like i had like a short window 
right? Because I had, uh, I was coming off like a whole bunch of freelance work. And then I had like seven days, like exactly seven days to create artwork for Halloween, right? And then I had to like move on to some other freelance because of deadlines and everything. Mm -hmm. So I set my goal and I was like, well, if I can get these done, where it was like, uh the halloween three stuff like the keychain and like the sticker it's like well if i can get these done like that's my goal and i feel like if i got those done like i would be good for halloween which i think like five things is like good you know like i'm like yeah i don't i don't need to make any more you know that's good enough people will love it or they'll you know get some sales and then it was like i finished those in like two days and i was like i get okay well, I guess I'm just going to see how much I can make, you know, in the week. Yeah. So it was just like every day, it's just like, okay, wh what ideas do you have? And I just hey. kept making more and more and more. Stretch goals. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it was. So I ended up making like four more posters after that, you know. Cool. So, yeah, it was like a crazy thing. I don't think I worked that quickly in a long time. So Not good for you. But like stuff like that, yeah, and just doing the podcast, it's like it's just been a fun thing and then like this collaboration with this other artist whose name's joel herrera and um he'll probably be on the podcast in the future so that'll be fun to talk to him but we've been collaborating on posters uh, and that'll be coming out soon so just like this crazy fun fun month real busy but yeah it's been it's been really fun really rewarding been a blast like talking with people yeah that's all i, I mean just a lot of fun a very memorable halloween very memorable October. Yeah, I, I just put out a video about a week ago. Uh, it's kind of a companion piece to the HD remaster Rise of the Dead that we put out uh, a couple months ago. And uh, some DIY tricks of zombie effects you can do. Um, that movie was documented very well. And, and there's a lot of great behind the scenes footage that we had for that that has never seen the light of day on YouTube. So I thought it'd be a good time since we just re-released the movie to kind of put together a behind the scenes video as well, but also showing you how we did stuff. And, you know, you can incorporate that into your Halloween displays or if you're making a film, get some ideas for tricks and gory things you can do. Uh, so check that out. It's uh, DIY zombie effects and it covers getting ripped in half, zombie bites, different kinds of makeup, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. So you can check that out on my Bombastic Entertainment YouTube channel. Oh, yes. I, and it's an awesome video. But man, we both look really young. Like Brian, it's Brian's project. I'm in it for like five seconds. But I was like, holy crap. I look really young in there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was really cool to see all that stuff. So definitely check that stuff or check out that video and his other videos, you know. Yeah, there's some fun stuff on there. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Aaron Aubuchon, uh and John and Jamie of Horror Dads for being on our episodes this month. Yes. Uh, it was a pleasure having them on. Absolute pleasure. Uh, yep. It was, it made this month, I think, more special for everyone, you know? So thanks for uh, lending us your time. Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people who are not only clearly very intelligent, but who are also very passionate about these things. Uh, I, I think it injects a really great kind of energy into the conversations and, and the discussions lead to interesting places. So hopefully you guys felt the same thing, you, you guys listening, and 
Um, Aaron was great. John and Jamie were great. We hope to have those guys back sometime soon. So uh, like Matt said, it just made October feel really special. So, And for all you listeners out there, I hope it's been the same for you guys. You know, I hope that you guys are having fun during this holiday month. I hope you guys have fun on Halloween. You know, all that stuff. Please do us a favor. Uh, go subscribe and give us a review on like your favorite podcast listening platform. It really helps us kind of move up the rankings and kind of shines a light on what we're doing. So it all helps in the end. So we would appreciate that if you did that. Uh, you can follow us on at Post Credits Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, please do so. Uh, and we will catch you next time. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yep. We'll, we'll see you in the next show, the next month. <laughs> yep. All right. Take care, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.